Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn and has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to the Metabolic Classroom, a nutrition and lifestyle podcast focused on the truth behind why we get sick and fat. What you're about to hear was taken from a live broadcast streamed on InsulinIQ.com. The Metabolic Classroom is brought to you by InsulinIQ and by Health Code Meal Replacement Shakes. Episode 22, Leptin 101. We spend most of our time talking about insulin, and rightfully so, but let's not forget insulin's partner hormone, leptin, which plays a significant role in hunger, human development, and more. Let's take a look at this metabolic heavyweight. Leptin is a matter of intense focus. People, uh, in fact, I, I, I think it's accurate to say people have given it maybe a little too much credit. Uh, now, it is relevant. In fact, it's deeply relevant when it comes to body weight. And the, the story of its discovery is fascinating. And I'll be really brief here because I'm not a history professor, um, but sometimes history is just so interesting in the realm of metabolic science. So in the, in the 90s, this, uh, this uh, scientist named Jeff Friedman at Rockefeller University, he had massive colonies of, of lab mice. And we use lab mice very often to study, to get an idea of human metabolism. For example, the study I just mentioned to you guys, where we were measuring brain metabolism um, from brain tissue, you can't do that, of course, in humans. It's hard to find volunteers, uh, human volunteers who are willing to give up a piece of their brain. So there are yeah, some things you have but to do. I'll do that. Rich, yeah, you volunteered a long <laughs> yeah, time ago. I'll yeah. do that. They didn't leave any. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what he found in, in all these colonies of mice, spontaneously, unexpectedly, a colony of these mice were becoming massively obese. And, and in fact, it's hard to get an idea of just how fat these little mice get, but you hold them in, their, in your hand on their back and they're just like these adorably massive um, mice. They're so fat that when you cut them, uh, well, I won't get gruesome. They're incredibly obese. 
uh, they have a hunger that is so insatiable that they will eat their own droppings in the cage. They just have an insatiable appetite. That, so the race was on. They found this, this, this colony of mice in Jeff Friedman's lab. They knew they were becoming super massively obese. What was wrong? And so they started trying to identify a protein in the blood that might be high or low um, that might explain this. And eventually they did. They found that in these animals that had um, sp just randomly, spontaneously become so big over generations of animals, they isolated it to one particular mutation in a gene. And it was unknown up until that point in the early 90s. And they called it leptin from the Greek word leptos for thin. They isolated that protein. They gave it to these animals. And in so doing, the animals started losing weight incredibly rapidly. Just as quickly as they had gained it, they had lost it. Now they were losing it just as quickly. They thought they had found the solution to human obesity. So then... Um, they start uh, a company, they start clinical trials to give leptin to obese humans and nothing happened. Uh, it didn't work. And what they would come to find out later is that levels of leptin in obese humans are always several times higher than they are in lean humans. So giving them more leptin um, was just adding a few drops into an already overflowing cup. It did not solve the problem. However, there are, in fact, instances in humans of overt leptin mutations. You do have humans with honest-to-goodness mutations in that leptin gene, just like you do in the mice, and they become incredibly obese very early in life. And when you give them leptin, this has been done in case studies in humans. You can see the weight tracking, and I'm thinking of a case study in a young woman, in a girl, a little girl. Her weight was skyrocketing the moment you start leptin therapy, it immediately starts to come back down, just like it did in the animals. So leptin matters um, when it comes to body weight control. It also matters, and I'll just be brief on this uh, because this is uh, something that's quite interesting. Leptin also matters for things well beyond or outside of normal metabolic processes, but I promise I'll come back to that. Leptin matters with regards to fertility, another essential process, just like metabolism is essential, so too to a species is fertility and reproductive capability. In fact, in these mice that have a leptin mutation and in humans that have leptin mutations, they are totally infertile. You, they cannot bear offspring. And so in the instances of the mice, we have to do what's called crossbreeding. We have to try to get some fertile animals and then we get the leptin mutant animals from them. But a human who's leptin deficient um, will not be fertile. A man won't be fertile and a woman won't be fertile. So it's an interesting dynamic between fat cells, which is the source of leptin, and fertility overall. And this is why young or women in particular who, who naturally have, who naturally make more leptin than men do, you can take a given amount of fat from a woman and it will make more leptin than a given amount of fat from a man. Uh, so if a woman starts to get too lean, she won't have enough leptin and the brain will shut down uh, fertility. Her menstrual cycles will stop and she will not ovulate until the, there, until there's enough fat cells that there's then enough leptin and then fertility will resume or initiate for the first time. But the opposite also happens. If someone has too much fat cells, then they have, or too many, then they will have too much leptin and then fertility starts too early. 
And that is why obesity, especially in, in little girls, is such a common cause of precocious puberty or a body going through physical development um, too soon or sooner than used to happen. And this has been happening more and more for generations now, where on average, little boys, uh, uh, sorry, little girls, especially, but even in some instances, little boys are going through puberty uh, years earlier than, than we used to. So that's the non-metabolic aspect of leptin. You have to have leptin for normal fertility. So with back to the metabolic aspects of leptin, leptin is classically only viewed through the lens of satiety. And this is relevant um, in these instances of leptin mutations, there is an insatiable appetite that begins to stop the moment leptin is sort of put back into the system. So if you treat a person with a leptin mutation with leptin, their appetite will immediately get under control. So that is relevant. But leptin also stimulates mitochondrial biogenesis if it's working and you have leptin. It's also promoting the growth of mitochondria and it's stimulating the burning of fat for energy. So leptin will stimulate fatty acid oxidation or fat burning. So leptin is playing into these fundamental metabolic processes. Now, why is it so high in obesity? Why does the average obese individual have such high levels of leptin? Well, in part, it's because they have such high, such high fat cells and fat cells are the source, but you can't uh, of the source of leptin. But you can't talk about fat cells getting too big or too abundant if you don't talk about insulin. When it comes to controlling fat cell size and growth, insulin is the sovereign. It reigns supreme. And leptin is relevant here only insofar directly. Leptin is relevant directly to fat tissue only insofar as it has a direct interaction with insulin. And in particular, insulin will uh, stimulate leptin, and then leptin will inhibit insulin release. So if you have a person who doesn't have leptin, or they've become leptin resistant, as most people have in obesity, they have leptin, they have very high levels of leptin, it's not working anymore. Normally, the leptin would seek to turn down the insulin. But if the, in if the leptin isn't working, well, then the insulin continues to go high. And again, as I mentioned, insulin stimulates the release of leptin. And so it starts, you can see how the cycle starts to kind of feed in on itself. It starts to eat itself and, you know, feed forward. And, and that I think is a relevant aspect because while you can't really directly control your leptin from your diet, you can very well and exquisitely control your insulin. And so if you have a person who is bumping up their insulin all the time, by eating lots of refined starches and sugars and they're eating every two hours, then that starts to stimulate more and more leptin. And then you start to become eventually resistant to both insulin and leptin. Now, I know in among some people, there's a concern that uh, when someone starts to lose weight, they say, well, this is bad because the leptin's coming down. That is no more bad than the insulin coming down or thyroid hormone coming down, something we'd spoken about in a previous metabolic classroom. When you start to lose weight, you become, these hormones start to work better. Insulin and leptin start to work better, that you are more sensitive to them. And so if someone is ever worried that, they're, that I've lost weight and my leptin's coming down and I've just done damage to my metabolism, no, 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 a thousand times, no. You simply have become, leptin is better now, it's working better. And so leptin comes down, you're more leptin sensitive, 
And at, at the same time, very much uh, analogous to that, uh, you've become more insulin sensitive and your insulin is coming down. So just like high insulin is a feature of human obesity, so too is high leptin. And the problem in both instances is that you've become resistant to them. And so in order to help them get better, uh, I, I think the most clear strategy and effective strategy is lower the insulin by changing your diet, then the leptin will come down with it. Let the insulin take care of itself through dietary changes, uh, and then the leptin will, will follow. So uh, those are the thoughts. So the, the key takeaways, leptin is absolutely relevant to, to obesity and weight control. Um, and, and I strongly submit that its relevance has to do with its interaction with insulin. Um, namely, that if insulin is high, it's stimulating high leptin. And if leptin isn't working, it has a harder time turning insulin off, which is something it's trying to do to some degree in order to promote it, the fatty acid oxidation. Because remember, leptin wants to be promoting the burning of fat, and it can help that happen by inhibiting insulin. Because if insulin's high, then insulin will win that battle. So a lot of thoughts here, um, and, and I hope these thoughts are always helpful, but, but the takeaway again, uh, as I've mentioned some final concluding points, leptin is a metabolic heavyweight, not as much a heavyweight as insulin. Um, insulin still reigns supreme, but even beyond the metabolic, insulin has a very strong effect with regards to fertility and, and in fact other processes as well. So it matters, but don't lose any sleep over it. Great. Great discussion, Ben. Um, yeah. Carly, Rich, you guys are the ones that are in front of our clients a lot and, and our coached clients and uh, have a lot closer ear to the ground than I do. Are there specific questions that we get from our clients about Lipton or do you have other uh, comments based on Ben's thoughts there? I would say not a lot, but yeah. one of the things I have heard a few times is that uh, like a functional medicine specialist has told someone that they're leptin resistant. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and people ask, what can I do about that? Yeah. Yeah. So I, it is, it is true that leptin resistance is a thing. And I would say if the person's overweight and they have high leptin, they are leptin resistant. Um, the key I would say is what I'd mentioned at the end there, lower your insulin and then that will help the leptin come down because insulin stimulates leptin release independent of any other signal, independent of fat cell number, insulin is stimulating leptin um, release. So lower the insulin by changing your diet and the leptin will come down as a result. It's just losing a key stimulus, a key driver that's pushing it up. Yeah, but I, you know, Jack, I thought it was interesting that the, I really enjoy the history of of yeah. that research with the, with the mice. And, yeah. and I, I, I thought it was fascinating that they had thought they had found the, the holy yep. grail yeah. to weight loss and it didn't happen. In fact, isn't Rich, that, it's even a little more, it's a little more colorful because after, in the wake of those findings, I think there were patents filed, of course, and millions of dollars made um, because the results looked so promising and it all just fell flat on its face. Wow. You mean we've got to change our behavior, Ben? That's crazy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> now you are yeah, speaking in fact, crazy. In fact, that is a takeaway. <laughs> I don't think any claim from any supplement that this is going to drive fat loss, there's going to be some other consequence that you don't want. Um, <clears throat> and, and that is to a very, very narrow range. There are exceedingly very few supplements that actually 
will result in better fat loss than, than say a placebo. And the very, very few that do, I would say have consequences that make it um, unwise. And leptin is one of the things um, that's going to stay the same regardless of how many fat cells you have. Is that right? So like we've talked about this before, if someone were to have liposuction, their leptin actually wouldn't decrease. They would just take on more of the, just like they would take on more of the metabolic load by what they do have. Is that, is that correct? That, you know what, that's, that's a really good question. I, I don't know. I think if someone has had a significant, I think it would depend on the amount of liposuction, but given that fat cells are the source of leptin, I would think if you have in fact robbed the body of a significant enough number, you very well could reduce your leptin to levels that are not optimal. But I think, um, I suspect there's enough of a buffer. There's enough of a normal range of leptin that it won't make, um, a, a, a harm. It won't make a, a, a damaging difference. Hey Ben, uh, what, what makes leptin in the body? Yeah, the fat cells make leptin. It's one of oh. the many, many hormones that the fat cells are secreting all the time. Fat cells are secreting good hormones and, and you know, good and bad, although every bad hormone has a purpose. Um, but, uh, you know, for example, uh, blood clots, um, one of the most uh, lethal forms of heart disease, blood clots are promoted in large part by a protein that comes from the fat cell. The fat cell is the biggest source of, this, of a protein that promotes the formation of blood clots. It's a protein called plasminogen activator inhibitor. Um, but even that has a purpose. You know, if you didn't have that clotting protein, then you'd get a cut and you wouldn't be able to stop bleeding very well. So nothing is inherently good or bad, but strictly through the lens of, say, metabolism, um, there are things that we would more um, generalize to say they're good or bad. And, and the fat cell is no exception. Every tissue in the body secretes hormones, um, and the fat cell has a very broad um, range of those hormones. And indeed, we're finding more all the time. Um couple of questions we've got coming in uh, specific to the leptin discussion. Let me, let me go to a couple of those, then we can come back. Uh, from Susan, my leptin has ranged from two to three over the last two years. Is this detrimental? Should I try to increase it? Um, well, I don't know what those units are. I guess they're yeah, probably sure. nan nanograms per mil. Um, well, no. Um, I don't think uh, that's a problem. I, I believe it falls generally within a normal range, which is a huge range. I think typical leptin levels are anywhere from like one to 60 or something. So no, I don't believe that's a problem. In fact, if anything, I would say just like low insulin means you're insulin sensitive, I would think I'm inclined to say low leptin means you're leptin sensitive. Um, now, it, it is possible that that a person with a leptin mutation um, might have really, no, but I, I, the fact is, I think that does fall within the normal range and leptin is either zero in the case of a genuine leptin mutation or it's, it is what it is. So I don't think that's a problem. Okay. From Daniela, uh, how can one know if one is actually leptin resistant? Yeah. So the, um, the most, I guess the most explicit way to do that would be to actually give someone a leptin injection 
and then look at what happens to say insulin or another hormone that is directly affected by leptin. Um, but I don't think that's ever actually done. I would say if a person is insulin resistant, then they are leptin resistant. And that, and I know someone's listening to this and thinking, oh my goodness, Ben, let the insulin go. Um, but when it matters, it matters. And there's just, I'm not going to apologize for it. So like I mentioned earlier, um, uh, insulin and leptin have a, a very unique relationship really playing off of each other in a positive and in a negative way. Um, but if you're leptin, if you are insulin resistant, I, I am exceedingly confident it is most certainly the case that you are leptin resistant as well. From uh, Eleonora, one of our fans that uh, always is on our streams. We love you, Eleonora, and you always have great questions. Uh, can people who are fat adapted have low leptin? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's no question. In fact, I would say that if you are well fat adapted, you probably will have um, low leptin. Now, that doesn't mean it's deficient. It would just mean you're very leptin sensitive, just like your insulin is low and you're insulin sensitive. Yeah. How, how do people get their leptin measured? Is it just through a standard um, blood, yep. blood draw? Yep. Yep. Okay. That's right. So next time someone goes to their doctor, you would just say, ah, uh, yeah, can you check that little box for leptin as well? Sometimes I've heard of a metabolic panel. I know in the lab, we can do this kind of thing. In the human study that we're hopefully starting sometime soon, if we get a pr university approval to do it, we are in fact, just as we measure blood samples, we are going to do something that we call a metabolic panel, and that will include insulin, leptin, and a, a numerous other hormones. I, w I think there might be like a metabolic panel you can check, but at the very least, they can definitely measure leptin. And it's just a matter of strong arming your physician into actually getting it done for you. Because it's not typically done, correct? No. Yeah. Mm -mm. And, and I would say if someone had to pick Am I going to get my insulin done or my leptin done? Go with the insulin because leptin is really going to follow what insulin's telling it to do in a way. And so I think that insulin, even in the context of leptin, if you could only get one, go with the insulin. And I don't mean for someone to leave this conversation and think, well, this was all a waste of time. Ben spoke about leptin and in the end he's saying it doesn't really matter. No, I'm not saying that. It absolutely matters. It's just, uh, some things matter more. And, and so I would say if someone has to pick their battle, then go with the insulin. Not that leptin can't give you some additional metabolic insight, but I don't think it is as relevant as insulin is. Okay. Yeah. All right. A few more questions. Uh, from Patrice, with low carb and intermittent fasting, I've reversed my type 2 diabetes. Way to go, Patrice. Mm -hmm. uh, about nine months after I've done that, I found that I just could not feel full. My leptin tested very low. How can I fix this? So she's tying the, the yeah. feeling hungry to this low leptin. Leptin. Sounds like. Is that right? I, yeah, well, I, I get it. I, I would have to know what her leptin was. And again, it's such a big range um, of what's considered normal. I, I have to speculate a bit here. I wonder whether when someone's become so used to a high leptin that when it does go down, um, maybe there is some, uh, some gap, you know, where, where their hunger is sort of their, their brain is waiting for the leptin to go back up where it used to be before it 
tells them that they're, they're full and satiated. I'm speculating. I don't know that that's the case. Yeah, I, I don't know what to say. Okay. Um, other than you're not eating enough, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> which is terrible <laughs> advice, I guess. Well, hope that Carly and Jack, what do you guys think? Any thought on, on this? As you guys have worked on with a so very, many- on a very practical level, it sure seems to me like when you're um, when you're hungry, not eating does a better job at making you not hungry than eating does. So, for instance, if I'm struggling with my appetite and I'm feeling like, man, I'm hungry too often, having a longer period of fasting gets me back to my lower appetite, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. by decreasing my insulin, which is what, what it's really doing. But, um, you know, going through a, a good longer period of fasting than you're used to can often kind of reset your hunger level to where you're wanting it to be. That's so interesting. And, Go ahead. And and Ben doesn't doesn't elevated insulin create create more hunger? Oh yeah, yeah. So there are insulin insulin as much as we say leptin regulates appetite. Insulin does too directly at the hypothalamus in the brain. Yeah. Now, in fact, I think something Carly said really rang true for me. I um, I've noticed as I've aged and scrutinized my own behavior better. Um, or, or more, if I eat to the point of uncomfortable, if I've, I will oddly enough and paradoxically get even hungrier. I'm, it's interesting. My wife and I were noting this while we were away on spring break last week with the kids spring break. Um, we would eat and after we were done and full, that's when I start craving junk food. <laughs> I crave junk food when I'm full and she's the opposite. She craves something junk food sweet um, when she's very hungry. Um, so I think, I wonder if there's something about what Carly said in, in this question. One way to not be hungry paradoxically is don't overeat. Yeah. At least that's what I've found. And that, I know that seems like a paradox, but it is most definitely the case for me. If I've been fasting um, and I eat a modest amount, I'm content and I don't have further hunger. If I eat a lot and I stuff myself, then my hunger just starts to continue. It starts to kind of play on it itself. That's so counterintuitive, right? But, but it's yeah. so true. We see it all the time. Uh, Tina just chimed in a question very similar to Patrice about this whole idea of, of feeling hungry. And it's interesting that um, you know, by eating less, you can <laughs> kind of manage hunger better. It's just so counterintuitive mm-hmm, for most people. Mm-hmm. So. Interesting. Uh, from, from Joe, aside from controlling insulin, would increasing muscle help reduce leptin resistance? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I would say yes, but it's going to be a coincident, not causal. Um, and by that, I mean, if you're increasing your muscle, you will become more insulin sensitive and your insulin will come down and that will lower the leptin. So that would be an indirect improvement and not a direct effect of the muscle itself improving leptin sensitivity. Carly, Rich, any other specific questions about this topic? We've got some other things we're going to dive into. Anything else about uh, the leptin discussion? Nope, not for me. You know, it just is fascinating to me that no matter what you're trying, you know, I I had a client say, well, what should we focus on um, once I tell you 
you know, the things I'm dealing with as far as her metabolic disorders. And no matter if it's a leptin problem or, you know, joint pain or migraines, it seems like the answer really comes down to control your insulin. Mm -hmm. So that's the nice thing about insulin IQ is we, we can sure pinpoint a lot of different problems just by focusing on lowering people's insulin. Yeah, and it's always fun. It was fun just a moment ago, Ben, to hear you um, be tempted to apologize that we talk about insulin <laughs> every single time. But you know what? It, it, it's the name of our company for a very specific reason and a very important reason. And it's always fun to kind of bridge this to our audience. We know our audience really well, and we have a lot of really science-based folks who who are really down in the weeds, who, who really like the details of these kinds of metabolic classroom discussions. And we have a ton of followers who, who are here just because they're metabolically sick and they want to keep it simple and just try to get healthier. And it always seems to come back as many as, uh, no matter how deep in the weeds that we get, it always seems to come back to what Carly just said, manage your insulin. And that, that's kind of our mission. At insulin IQ. Yeah. Now, and when any, whenever anyone is, if, if anyone is ever tempted, anyone listening, I, I, I really do. So Jack, it's funny. You said, you know, I was kind of about to apologize. It's because I am so aware. I, I'm so hypercritical of, of things I say in real time. As I'm saying them, I'm thinking, yeah. oh, Ben, be deliberate, be careful. And, and so I would, I would invite anyone whenever we kind of make these kinds of these seemingly very bold claims, um, try it. I'm not only get on to PubMed or Google Scholar and look for the data yourself. I can assure you it's there, but don't take my word for it. Be a good scientist and never believe anyone. Even when people say believe in science, don't. Um, do your own homework and find out the, the matter for yourself. Um, but, but also, so as you're trying to find the academic proof, find the, the personal proof, give it a try. And I am... I bet whoever the, the cynic may be, they're going to become uh, a zealot soon enough. And, and Ben, insulin IQ sounds way better than leptin IQ. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good better. point. And Good it just point. matters more. That's just all. <laughs> that. That's just the fact. <laughs> all right. Well, great discussion. Thank you, Ben, for doing the Metabolic Classroom today. Thank you for listening to the Metabolic Classroom. This podcast is brought to you by Insulin IQ, Nutrition and Lifestyle Coaching for Insulin Control and Better Health. Learn more at InsulinIQ.com. And by Health Code, the world's healthiest and most delicious meal replacement shake. Learn more at GetHealth, that's G-E-T-H-L-T-H dot com. Find us on Facebook and YouTube at InsulinIQ. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.